0: Reflecting on the water as the sun shuts her eyes. Don't know why you're uncovered.
1: Watch the tide rolling with the moonlight. Everything is silent on this sweet of night. welcome to Missing Magnolias. We are a Louisiana true crime podcast. Michelle turned me on to this case that I knew nothing about, and it's possible there's people in the area that have not caught on. It's this case of a missing hiker named Mostly Harmless. His identity has remained unknown for two years. In the spring of 2017, he began a hiking quest along the Appalachian Trail. He began in New York and headed south. In Florida on July 23rd, 2018, his body was discovered by two day hikers. The local police department was unable to identify him. He was not in the system. And an army of Reddit sleuths, Facebook groups have all conjoined manpower to try to figure out his identity, and they were unsuccessful. But recently, an article was published by adventure journalist Jason Nark. He wrote a two-part story. The first part was Ghost in the Tent for the summer 2020 edition. His latest edition was for December of 2020, Identifying Mostly Harmless. It looks like the identity of this unknown hiker has possibly been uncovered. The chapter on the story is maybe possibly closed, which would be great for his family, his friends, as well as the people he met along his hiking journey. Today, Michelle and I are going to discuss our reaction to this article and all of the new information that was uncovered. The identity of this hiker has not been confirmed by police, but it's maybe possibly more than likely that this individual is in fact mostly harmless. I'm just going to backpedal real quickly for people that don't know anything about this story. Mostly harmless, as I said, was a hiker. He began his journey in New York. He hiked along the Appalachian Trail, Pinote, and Florida Trails. It was a year long quest. He was involved in the tech industry. He had a notebook full of coding notes. He was a fan of the game, Screeps. He enjoyed Doctor Who and sci-fi. Mostly Harmless was his hiking name. I'm told that's normal in the hiking culture to not give out your real name. Mostly Harmless is a sci-fi reference that he used. He used this name to fellow hikers as well as checking in at hostels. He also went by Denim for a while because he wore jeans. When he was found by the day hikers, he had no ID on him. He had about $3,000 in cash. He had no phone. He was found to be about 83 pounds. The autopsies that were released through the Freedom of Information Acts reported that he was extremely cachectic, but there was no clear cause of death in this case. He reported to other hikers that he was possibly from Baton Rouge or New York and that his end journey was Key West. And it's also important to note in this case that through crowdfunding, they were able to do DNA testing at this DNA clinic in Texas called Othram. It was reported that his DNA had links to Cajun ancestry in Louisiana. It's also possible this person was from this area, and it certainly generated a lot of interest. People on the Reddit threads were even submitting their own DNA in hopes that maybe he had some kinship to them. Everyone just wanted to figure out who he was. So I think that's the gist of the story. And then Michelle and I can now talk about our reaction to the article and, and some of the new information that we have learned.
0: I think what we have here is really just the key features of an unsolved mystery. It's super confusing as to what happened. We have this journal left behind and this mysteriousness that surrounds this whole case. And then we also have these community of people who share this interest of hiking and the culture that surrounds that, um, that I think really, really wanted this case solved because they felt like they lost one of their own. And it's this scary story that's been passed around on the internet and from person to person. So I was really excited to see the likelihood that this case is going to be solved very soon.
1: It was just amazing to see it. On one hand, it's this great story of this man, and it's deeply sad that he seems like a great individual. He certainly made an impression with people that he met along his journey. But then the other part of this story is the collective human interest in it, and that people that didn't know him or maybe knew him, their lives were maybe somehow briefly changed by this person, and they wanted to know who he was and more about him.
0: I think what we really see is just this subculture pushing this story along more than traditional media. There's very few news articles about this individual, but there is a whole lot of talk on the internet about him. And I think what we see is a grassroots effort paying off to solve this mystery of this unidentified person.
1: I think Wired before Adventure Journal also did a story. It's really remained alive within these Reddit and Facebook groups, like you said, these grassroots efforts. I think this is becoming more common, these web sleuth armchair detectives. I don't know if you saw the documentary, Don't F with Cats, which was really just amazing. And people just really getting into the weeds of it and using their own resources down to a button, a vacuum cleaner, eBay, whatever little clues. I think that was certainly seen in this case. People were really just hitting the ground running with whatever leads they could possibly get. We've created a long-distance village that's willing to combine their
0: efforts together to figure out what's going on in these cases. We see there are many examples of these armchair detectives helping to solve cases. And I think it can be a difficult balance because on the other end of that, we do see examples of Reddit people getting themselves in trouble with like releasing information of potential suspects that really had nothing to do with the case, that, that can be dangerous. Sure. So I think it's trying to strike a balance between being helpful and being harmful. Um, what we don't want to do is like spread a lot of misinformation. And that's why we're being gentle with the individual in this case. We want to wait until we get a confirmation before we contribute to what might not be the actual resolution. So I think there's a balance, but I know of a lot of cases when nobody else was paying attention, those internet web sleuthers were paying attention and working to get those cases solved. Um, just like a grateful doe and the resolution of that case, we see that we can have a tool there when we're working together in our spare time as just regular people trying to, to solve these mysteries that many people have forgotten about.
1: Right. Can you discuss why this case has maybe taken off and why maybe it hasn't? Or what about this case strikes you?
0: So I think what we have here is mysterious circumstances, but not a strong signifier of foul play. We also have a relatively quiet death. We don't have a a bloody crime scene or anything like that. We don't even really know if a crime has occurred. I think that we have characteristics that would make this case less newsworthy. In addition, we have an individual who is considered traditionally less ideal by being a male. When men go missing, they are less likely to receive media attention compared to women. We think for a number of reasons this occurred. Part of it is that our assumptions about manliness or masculinity in our society. We think that men are more capable of taking care of themselves. And so when they go missing, we assume they wanted to leave and not that something bad happened to them or something harmful happened to them. That could be one of the factors that shapes that. In addition, we have an individual who wasn't linked to any family. So again, we can't pull people together on the news to talk about that person because we don't know who they are. On the other hand, we do have some factors that would make it newsworthy. Um, We don't have a lot of depth in this context. And we had a whole group of people participating in this subculture who wanted a resolution, who were willing to talk about this person to whoever was going to listen, to share stories, and to be those pseudo family members, for example. I think that we had characteristics on both sides that could have made it newsworthy or not newsworthy. I think how law enforcement agencies, if you have a less than ideal victim, according to traditional media standards, focus on other characteristics that could increase the likelihood that individuals pay attention to that case. Maybe talk about the community or the neighborhood so that individuals who live in that area might become more concerned or interested because they find they share some common link. That's what we want to do. We want viewers to feel like they shared something in common with this person, and then they're more likely to pay attention. And I think that's really what we had here. We had this group of hikers who wanted to find out who
1: their fellow person, their fellow community member was. I think that was also tricky about this case that no missing person that matched his description was reported. In this article, it does mention that this journalist contacted the family members of this individual that they believed to be mostly harmless. They neglected to comment, but certainly it paints a picture of this person being maybe caring, but maybe somewhat isolated from friends and family. It seemed he was highly intelligent. He worked in the tech industry. He owned his own company. Maybe he fit the characteristics of someone that might be more isolated and on their own.
0: One thing that we have to consider, and I read in that article and on the subreddits about this, is that he might not have wanted this level of attention. If he were alive, he might have said, if I ever disappear, I don't want all of this attention. Then you struggle with, are you dishonoring this person by making a bigger deal out of their sort of life choices? Maybe this is the way that he wanted to go out quietly doing something that he loved. Maybe we're doing a disservice by giving a whole lot of attention to that. I don't know. It's a struggle.
1: Right. I I think just reading what people have said about their brief encounters with him, he just seemed very friendly and warm. I think it's only natural then that people want to know and have some sort of closure. We can only really speculate since there was no, other than extreme starvation, we don't know what his intention was with his journey and how he met his end.
0: I think there are some things that we'll never know. We might have a face and a name that matches, but we may never know what his aims were, even perhaps, the direct cause of his death. There are some aspects of cases that will
1: just remain unknown. The local police department, the Collier County Sheriff's Office, asked a great question. Would you have disappeared in this way too? And I think that's a great question to even think about.
0: Absolutely. We know of several cases where in which individuals have terminal diseases and they want to go out their own way doing things that they love. We have some individuals who choose to commit suicide and they do that in um, hotel rooms and they don't take their IDs or any sort of identifying information because they don't want their families to have to deal with the aftermath of their death. Some of those cases, those individuals, that have remained unknown for years and years.
1: This is certainly an outlier and I hope that this person finally found peace, whoever he is. I hope that the family can understand that
0: it was probably for many people more than just interesting. It was personal. It sure. was important to, to name that person and to give them a sort of proper end. I hope that no one thinks that the community was perhaps glamorizing it too much or taking away that humanness from the case. Because I do think that he resonated with a lot of people who he met along his path.
1: I would agree with that. And I think the article, if you get a chance to read it for anyone listening, it's Adventure Journal. Part one was Ghost in the Tenth, and part two is Identifying Mostly Harmless. It's really beautifully written and respectful, I think, to this story. It really tries to attribute some kind of understanding for maybe someone's thought process to go out like this, so to speak. I'm just going to read briefly a a one quote from the article from part one, just because I thought it was just, just so well written. It says sometimes I imagine him falling through space, drifting like dust from dead stars in the vast nowhere above us. I see him take shape in the soft light of a forest before dawn. First a fog, then ephemeral form, then living flesh. This kind of thinking is where my mind goes at night when half of my mind is in a dream and I ponder him fancifully, unmoored from the hard facts that make his case so frustrating. Sometimes the best answers are the ones where there really are none. And I think this case kind of shows that it's just it is what it is. And it's just a beautiful kind of ending to maybe a great life. He had some
0: control over his walk to the
1: end. If we lost one of our
0: own, it would be nice to know. I think we can't blame the family for not wanting to be part of this larger conversation. They might be very private people. They might be dealing with their own grief, and they just don't want to be part of that. But I do think that it is a it is a newsworthy case. Hopefully, once he is formally identified, we might see some of that in our local news as well. That would be great.
1: Thank you for sharing this story with us. I'm glad that we got to cover it. For those that are listening, please feel free to leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. Okay, well, until next time, thanks for listening. We have an update of January 12th, 2021. The Lafayette Police Department was able to finally confirm through DNA the identity of this person as Vance Rodriguez. He is from the area. He's from Lafayette Now he has a name. We know
0: who this person is. I think this answers a lot of questions that people have had. And
1: gosh, I just can't imagine what his family is thinking about all this. For the Lafayette Police Department, I think it's a little bit of a morale boost. I mean, to be able to help the sheriff's department in Florida be able to solve this case.
0: I would think so. Yeah, this is a win. This is a resolution um, that not all cases get. Hopefully we can have more
1: updates in the future. I would love that. All right, signing off. Bye. Bye.